In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. 15. Another day, another proposal for a 2020 season. Plus, we'll consider the impact of a short season on pitcher rankings. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, June 9th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, it is not Groundhog Day. It's just another day with a new proposal, this time from uh, Major League Baseball's owners. And um, while it is a new proposal, it also does have uh, a bit of a familiar ring to it. Uh, This latest one proposes a 76-game season with... um, 75% 75% prorated salaries, but that's only if there is a postseason. Um, if uh, for, well, not for some reason, if for uh, reasons of there being maybe another wave of uh, the COVID virus, uh, then only 50% of those uh, of the uh, prorated salary would be guaranteed. And uh, also in a report from uh, Joel Sherman that came out on Monday, uh, the owners have or at least are considering expanding the postseason to as many as 16 teams. So, uh, Michael, you know, when we look at these various proposals from the owners, um, one there is a constant that uh, while the number of games changes, that the total share of uh, a full season's salary for the players usually comes out to about like one-third of what they would normally make. So it's whether they're going to play a third of a season, but get full pay or, you know, roughly half a season, but, um, you know, 75% pay, uh, it all sort of comes out to the the same amount of money. So does that pattern concern you at all in terms of, of these uh, negotiations really ever moving forward? I mean, I guess it does, right? I mean, the, the the owners do have the option to just say we're playing the 48-game schedule, the March 26 agreement gives us that power, and here's the season. So I feel like there's going to be a season. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be one in which the league and the Players Association come together and agree on something. And it does feel like Groundhog Day. It just feels like we're stuck in this loop over and over and over again. And these offers that we see from Major League Baseball drive that home. The fact that they are figuring out the math so that no matter what sort of games they offer, what sort of proration they offer, what sort of um, playoff share they offer, that the money comes out to be exactly the same on their end and on the players end. And it just feels like negotiating in bad faith. So it doesn't give me it doesn't give me any more confidence today than I had yesterday, than I had the day before that. 
I think we're going to get a season. If I had to bet right now, I would bet on it being the sort of nuclear option of uh, the the owners just saying, all right, we're invoking our right to make this the 48-game season from the March 26 agreement. Yeah, I mean, that certainly seems to be the trajectory that we've been on and we, we continue to be on. And you know, we talked about that on Monday's show, uh, Derek Van Riper and myself, uh, and we talked about it in regard to whether or not that would change the way that we draft. And we're going to continue that discussion. I sort of telegraphed that on the Monday show because we only really got around to talking about hitters. Um, so, uh, Michael, you and I will talk about things from the pitcher side. Um, but, you know, before we, we do do that... Um, that another aspect to this latest round of uh, proposals and and back and forth, um, and not surprisingly, really, is that pretty much immediately the reaction from from the players was a negative one, uh, and you can understand that because as you and I have both gone over that, while the math you know kind of works out the same as in previous proposals, this one actually cre- creates a little bit more risk for the players in that if there isn't a postseason, they actually wind up losing. Uh, even more money. So not, uh, not a, you know, certainly something that, that bodes well for uh, either a season that's going to happen really soon or for a season that's going to be more than 48 games or 50 games. You know, we see those two numbers uh, thrown around in, in various reports. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's get back to that, um, that scenario of a short season of a 50 ish game season and what uh, DVR and I discussed on on Monday's show was, you know, starting out with the question of, does a short season change our approach to drafts? There have been a number of analysts saying that it, it may pay to take more risks maybe earlier on uh, to draft for more upside and, and more variance. And just as an exercise, I looked at the top 12 uh, players from last year for the first two months, roughly a 50, 55 game span for most players uh, through the end of May. I did it using Ot new rankings because that was the only tool I could find uh, to break it down uh, to anything less than a full season. So we're going to do the same exercise with pitchers. So here we go. Um, the top 12 pitchers in terms of Ot new point value through the end of May last year. Kind of similar to what we can't find with the hitters. Not a really surprising list. Steven Strasburg was number one. Then Justin Verlander, Hunjin Ryu, Max Scherzer, Herman Marquez. That might be a, a name uh, that stands out a bit. Zach Granke, Matt Boyd, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, and Mike Miner. And actually, if we even just go beyond the top 12, I mean, I went with 12 because that's what we did. Uh, on on Monday, but it really continues on. Patrick Corbin, Zach Wheeler, Lucas Giolito, Blake Snell, Chris Sale, Kyle Hendrick, Kyle Hendrick. So you know the the top twenty or so, it's not that far off from what you might have just predicted it would be for a full season. Yeah, and that's why I really haven't been changing any of my draft strategies whatsoever. This is something that has been a familiar theme from me on this show all season, as we've talked about the different shape that the season might take and how many games is it going to be and uh, should we be putting more weight into guys who start fast? Should we be putting more weight into players who heat up since no one's going to have to play in cold weather? As we've thought about these things and thought about them and thought about them and thought about them, thank you so much, Major League Baseball. Uh, it you know has become just a familiar way to go and say that I don't think there's any right way to figure this out. We don't know what 50-game sample we're going to get from any player. I don't think just because a guy 
typically starts hot, starts hot, excuse me, means that this is going to be something that we should apply to this season. Just because it is technically the first 50 games of the first 60 games that they play in 2020 doesn't mean it has any application to what his first 50 or 60 games were. And I think that the list that you read off illustrates that perfectly. We have a ton of guys who we would expect to be uh, in the top 12, top 15, whatever, over a full Steven, over a full season. Steven Strasburg, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, what have you. A few surprises, Herman Marquez, Matt Boyd, Mike Miner. And then guys who you know we could see finishing anywhere between you know, 10 and 30 just happening to have their 99th percentile performance be in the first 55 games of the 2019 season. That's why I think you just have to go into the season just feeling exactly the way you did when we thought it was going to be 162, when we weren't exactly sure what it was going to be, when we thought maybe it was going to be 82. Just trust that, own that, and try to have some fun with it because I don't think we should be trying to force a normal fantasy baseball season into the 2020 baseball season because this is far from normal. It's not going to be no matter how hard we try to make it. Have fun with it, draft some upside, take some risks, and then we'll really restart this for real in 2021. All right. Well, you know, I, I was on board with all that. I was a little surprised you, you said draft some upside. So, um, and I, again, you know, DVR and I talked about this on Monday and it's not that either of us was opposed to drafting for upside. Um, I, I just don't know that I'm going to change when I'm going to start drafting for upside. So, and what I gathered from your initial comments is that you you wouldn't either. So do I understand that correctly? Or do you think that maybe there is a little bit more leeway here because it's a short season and, you know, maybe um, you get a player that, uh, you know, starts off hot or whatever, um, you know, or, or has that ability maybe to to break out. And you're going to take that chance on that player maybe a little earlier than you would in a 162 game season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think obviously the people who win fantasy leagues in 2020 are going to be the people who hit on those 55, 60 game outliers, right? I mean, people who hit on the uh, like the, the 2019 Cody Bellinger season, right? That's I mean, that's who's going to end up winning these 2019 or 2020, excuse me, fantasy leagues. What I really mean when I say shoot for upside is shoot for fun. I, again, I think we should be exploring <laughs> interesting, different ways. DVR and I talked about this on our Friday episode of our uh, full-on Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast last week. I think we should be exploring different ways to play the game this year, try to bring in new wrinkles, maybe do a, a hybrid head-to-head and Roto League, maybe do a league where you divide up the divisions and uh, some people are playing with only the Western, some people are playing with only the Central, some people are playing with only the Eastern. Uh, there is, I just, it feels futile to try to play a normal fantasy season with your normal mindset in what is a completely abnormal 2020 year. I, I just think it's going to fall flat. I don't think it's going to be fun. I think uh, the fantasy baseball fans in us who want it to be what we typically have it aren't going to find the joy in it this year that we typically do. So I think that you know it would behoove all of us to explore new ways and explore new uh, strategies just to have some fun with it. And whatever happens, happens. But uh, that's why I go for upside because upside guys are fun, right? I mean, it's fun to have Adalberto Mondesi and have him hit you know 25 homers and steal 65 bases. That's fun. Would I have bet on it at 162 game season? I was fading the crap out of Adalberto Mondesi, but he's fun. <laughs> Luis Robert. Luis Robert is a ton of fun maybe this year. Would I have gone for him at his ADP? Probably not. But this year, now that it's going to be a 50 game throwaway joke of a season, 
Let's get Luis Robert on the team. Let's just go, you know how much I love this White Sox offense. Why don't I just draft the entire White Sox offense, right, and just line them up. Yoan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, <laughs> Eloy Jimenez. Let's just have some fun with it and try something different. I just think that we're fooling ourselves if we think we can figure out some magic formula to build a winner over a 50-game season. All right, so yeah, so take advantage of the situation to maybe not just take it as seriously, particularly those of us who are are in this industry, uh, which is a, a word I try to avoid. I try to talk about it more as a community. Um, you know, I just think it's fitting. Yeah, I like that. We, yeah, we take it we take it seriously, and I, I like that attitude. I like it a lot. Um, I probably could could stand to uh, <laughs> to do that this year. So uh, I like it. Uh, while we're talking about you know potential upside plays, let's go back to Herman Marquez because I will admit that in going over this list, I mean there were players there that um, didn't you know finish as strong as they started like Matt Boyd, um, Trevor Bauer, um, you know retrospectively now maybe we could see that Matt Boyd you know has that potential even though he, he didn't as, didn't finish as strong. Trevor Bauer, I think a lot of people are you know counting on him to bounce back so um, you know, starting off hot doesn't really make him stand out in this list. But but Marquez is the one name that really, I, I just didn't remember him being that good for the first two months last year because all I remembered hearing and reading last year was, ah, see, you know, there nobody can solve cores and Marquez isn't, you know, really, uh, you know, at the level that he showed in 2018. But he was and then some for the first two months of the season. So, Let's let's just take a look at Marquez and, and you know after I, I run through a few stats, um, I'd just like to see if you think he's one of those players that'd be fun to to add to your team and see if you can you know capture that uh, 2018 or or better version of a Marquez. Uh, in 2018, he ranked 34th among starting pitchers in roto value, uh, stand, that's standard five by five uh, roto value. Uh, he was 17th in OT new points, so maybe that was part of how he wound up on that top 12 that be, you know, maybe the lack of walks um, who knows uh, might've made him a little bit more valuable in a, a points format like Atnu is. Uh, and then 2019 started off well through the end of May, 3.48 ERA, a 1.14 whip. And then it fell apart a 5.99 ERA from June on forward, a 1.26 whip. So even with the high ERA, um, Marquez not walking very many batters, still a, a respectable whip, but two home runs on the dot per nine innings. Um, and one thing that I noticed, uh, Michael, in looking at, you know, sort of before and after last season, first two months versus last four months, not as much fastball slider velocity differential uh, as the season went on. He threw the slider harder, but didn't throw the fastball harder. And it was the slider that really bore the brunt for that home run barrage. He gave up eight home runs over the last four months uh, on just 252 sliders. So make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, you could certainly read that a number of, of ways. But you, do you have a narrative that makes you feel better about Marquez in, in 2020? No, I, I do not feel good about him. Even 50-game sample, 5-game sample, 500-game sample. I'm not the biggest Herman Marquez guy. And it's because the guy gives up a lot a lot of hard hit balls. And if you go back even to his 2018 season, that gave people some confidence. 15th percentile in the majors in exit velocity. My dog does not like Herman Marquez either. 17th percentile <laughs> in hard hit rate. And then last year, 2019, uh, 6th percentile in exit velocity. 5th 
in hard hit percentage. I mean, he is a guy who got knocked around in 2018, but found some success because of the strikeouts, and then got knocked around again in 2019, and it caught up to him. Uh, Coors is still going to be a factor for him, even if he's only making four starts there or whatever we get this season. Uh, but it, he's just not someone who I want to put my chips down on. Basically, you know, so much of this is hard to figure out. And even in a 162-game season, I don't think we're as good at figuring these things out as we are. So I look for some of the most simple things that we can look for. And whether you are playing Little League or in high school or in Major League Baseball, if you're a pitcher, you don't want to give up hard contact. And he has given up a ton of it over his career. And that's why I avoid a guy like him. Yeah, you know, I well, I'm going to differ here. Um, and, and he is going to be one of those guys that, you know, partly because I do feel like that the community is down on him after those last four months last year. Uh, in drafts that I've got coming up, I can't, I think I may have them in one league. It's been long enough to, that, to be honest, I, I don't remember yeah, that's for fair. sure, <laughs> but you know, in drafts that come up, um, you know, I, I'd kind of like to, to get them on my team. I, I like the value and a lot of that hard contact does come on grounders. So, but you know, I, I do, I don't want to completely dismiss your concern about that because even moderate levels of hard contact on, on flies and liners um, can, can really hurt you at Coors Field. So, and he's certainly not been a great contact manager by any means. So there's, there's risk involved, but um, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer to see if I can get the 2018, early 2019 version of Marquez. So um, in a 50 game season, Al, everything is a flyer. Well, well said. <laughs> well said, exactly. Uh, so, you know, we'll certainly be coming back to this as we barrel, you know, towards what does look like it's going to be a very short baseball season. If we have one at all, we need to still continue to have that disclaimer. But what we are definitely going to have uh, on Wednesday and Thursday this week is the MLB draft. And so today's featured read comes from Keith Law. It's uh, Keith Law's big board ranking the 2020 MLB draft's top 100 prospects. Uh, good stuff from Keith Law. Uh, you can read that, do a little bit of your, uh, you know, not fancy draft prep, but MLB draft prep. Uh, get ready for that. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll certainly be talking more about the draft on Wednesday's show to be sure. But for this show, we're going to wrap it up. So that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Uh, for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will be back with you on Wednesday. Wednesday.